0: how y'all doing? All right, well, hope you had a good Christmas. Happy New Year. Who actually stayed up till midnight last night? Raise your hand. Wow, everybody but me. Um, actually, I did, um, but this is a true story. I, at midnight, when New Year's started, I was the party animal that I am. I was ironing the shirt, so <laughs> that's how I did it. That's how I roll for New Year's. So, but it was a good time. Have hope you had a great Christmas. And for those of you who know, I did go to the beach for Christmas, and it is as awesome as I said it would be. Christmas at the beach is great. You should all do it. I highly recommend it. So just want to throw that out there. And Georgia won. It was a miracle. <laughs> it was a Christmas Festivus miracle. I was so excited about it. Um, one follow-up from announcements. The communication card in your bulletin, if you've never filled one out, we'd uh, love for you to. If you got a prayer request, please fill it out. We will definitely pray for you. And you can turn those in at the Welcome Center right on the other side of that wall as you leave, and the basket will be on your left. Somebody told me this week, I thought this was really funny, um, that every Sunday, the first Sunday of the new year, that John Horton, he's not here today, one of our pastors, that John Horton makes the joke that all who like come to that first Sunday— He always says, you can have perfect attendance this year at church, that John always makes that joke. And by the way, John Horton, if you don't know this, John Horton is hilarious. I I wish I could be as funny as him. But I was just thinking about that, that he always makes that joke. And then I thought about how they pay me to be here, and I will not have perfect attendance this year. So you are off the hook for that. Um, Just let you know. We hope you come a lot. But um, if you had perfect attendance in 2016, kudos We'll, uh, we can give you a gold star, but I will not have perfect attendance in 2017. Well, it is New Year's, and it's the start of the whole new year, 2017, so what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about what this new year means for us in terms of our faith and our relationship with Jesus and talk about a few things, but as we do that, let's start with prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. God, we thank you for the Christmas season. We thank you, Lord, for your son coming to us. And, Lord, we thank you for this new year. And, Lord, we have 365 days before us this year. And, Lord, we want to make the most of them in every facet of life, but, Lord, especially spiritually. So, Lord, help us this year have the best year in terms of our faith and relationship with you that we ever have. And, Lord, I just ask right now that you would come and you would speak to us. God, nobody needs to hear from me, but we really all need to hear from you. So, Lord, we ask that you would open up our hearts that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Speak to us and teach us from your word. And Lord, anything I say would be quickly forgotten, but Lord, that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, I think New Year's is a pretty cool time. It's kind of a funny time because we see some really cool stuff in terms of like, I think the good side of humanity and some encouraging things, but we also see kind of some craziness and maybe the not good side of humanity at times. For example, do y'all remember Y2K? Yeah, okay, we all thought the world was going to end at Y2K, and there was just this irrational fear that there was some, we thought there was a glitch in all the computers that they were not all going to format correctly when the year rolled over, and we thought planes were going to fall out of the sky and water wouldn't come out of the faucets. We basically thought, you know, that the apocalypse was going to happen, that, like, The Walking Dead was going to take place. Like, that's what we thought. And there was so much craziness about it, and, of course, Midnight came and went, and nothing happened. And so I just thought that was so funny how there was such craziness and irrationalness at Y2K. But I also think it's pretty cool the good side of New Year's and the good side of humanity because what we see, like when we see the peach drop or we see the ball drop in New York, I think it's just cool that there's so much hope and positivity in people for the new year. Everybody has a chance to start new, start fresh, start over, or continue the good things that are happening. So I just think it's cool that. We kind of see a lot of different emotions with New Year's. Now, let me just say for us here, I don't know how you're particularly feeling about 2017, but I bet we're all in a lot of different places. You might be excited about this new year. Maybe 2016 was a great year, and you are just excited for it to continue. You are ready for all the new possibilities and opportunities that lie before you this year. might be for you this New Year's. You're being very reflective. Maybe 2016 was okay, but there were some rough spots or some tough patches and you're just kind of being reflective and looking back okay how can I make this year better than last year maybe for you this new year's you're thinking you know what 2016 was really hard maybe you really went through a lot of pain and suffered losses and you're not looking forward to this year it might be for you for 2017 2016 is just full of regret maybe you made some bad decisions some bad choices maybe you're still dealing with and kind of reeling from the consequences of that So I don't know where you are with the new year, but I wanna say this, whether 2016 was good, whether it was terrible or somewhere in between. We all want, when a new year comes, we all want the new year to be better than the previous year. I mean, that's what we all want. Even if last year was good, we still want this year to be better. And if last year was terrible, we really want this year to be better. But it's just our human nature, our human condition. We want new year when the new year starts to be better than last year. And so that's where, for example, New Year's resolutions and New Year's goals kick in. We've all done New Year's resolutions. Maybe you have some for this year, but you know, we have that where we say, okay, this year I want to get better at this, or I want to start doing this, or I want to pick up this hobby, or I want to improve in this area, or I want this to happen. We set these goals and resolutions, which are great. I think those are really good to do. Might be for you that you want your resolution is you want to have a better marriage, you want to be a better spouse, maybe you want to be a better parent. Maybe you're not married and you're thinking, okay, Lord, this year I'd really love for that to happen. Maybe you are married and you're about to have your first child. Maybe you are older, no offense, and you're about to have your first grandchild and you're really excited about that. Maybe you're about to retire, start your own business. Some of you are probably hoping for a new job in 2017 because you hate your current one. Been there. I delivered pizza. It was awful, so I get it. Maybe you're thinking about, I want to learn this instrument or take this art class I don't know. But we set these goals, we kind of have these resolutions, which are a great thing to do. They're really important to do. And one area that we want to include in that, that we want to improve in 2017, that we should have goals and resolutions for, is our faith. You know, as we start 2017, we need to have goals and resolutions for this year when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. Because our relationship with Christ, our faith, is the most important part of our life. And it takes precedent over every other area of our life. And so we want to have goals and resolutions for our faith. You know, you might be thinking like, okay, you know, this year I want to I pray more. I want to have my quiet time on a more regular basis. And a common thing people do is they try to read through the Bible in a year, start to finish. If you do four chapters a day, you can read the Bible in a year, just letting you know. You might say, you know, I want to be better about inviting people to church, whatever it is. It's good to have some goals and New Year's resolutions with your faith. But let me say this. What we want to talk about today is not just having some goals and some resolutions with our faith, but what we want to focus on today is, I would say, what is the goal and the resolution we want to have with our faith for 2017? So that's what we're going to talk about today, and that's what we're going to unpack a little bit. So if you got your Bibles, we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 26. And if you don't have a Bible or a Bible app, the words will be up on the screen, but we'll be in Deuteronomy 26 today. Um, It'll be verses 16 through 19. Okay, I'll read it to you. The Lord your God commands you this day to follow these decrees and laws. Carefully observe them with all your heart, with all your soul. You have declared this day that the Lord is your God, and that you will walk in obedience to him, that you will keep his decrees, commands, and laws, that you will listen to him. And the Lord has declared this day that you are his people, his treasured possession as he promised and that you are to keep his commands he has declared that you will he will set you in praise fame and honor high above all the nations that he has made and that you will be a people holy to your god as he has promised all right let me explain the context here what's going on deuteronomy 26 this is moses talking and he's talking to the nation of israel and what's going on, not just in these couple of verses, but this chapter, and actually the several chapters surrounding Deuteronomy 26, is that the Israelites are in the process of renewing the covenant with the Lord. God was their God. He had chosen the Israelites. He had made this covenant with them. That's where the Ark of the Covenant comes from, the Ten Commandments, all 613 laws. And God had made a covenant. He said, all right, you guys, y'all are going to be my people. You're my prized possession above all the nations in the earth. He was their God. They were his people. And so, what the Israelites would do from time to time is they would kind of re covenant, recommit themselves to that covenant that God had called them to. They would periodically recommit themselves to what God had said to be their people, or they would be his people and he would be their God. And so, they're right in the midst of that in Deuteronomy 26. Now, Moses is talking and he's giving instructions to the Israelites about this whole idea of kind of recommitting themselves to the Lord. And what Moses is telling them is he is saying, Look, god needs to be your relationship with yahweh needs to be your top priority and that serving him needs to be your other priority above all other priorities that's what moses is trying to teach them the israelites god bless them were very hard-headed people they were very slow to learn which is pretty much exactly like you and me when it comes to jesus but we like to pretend it was just them but it's we're just the same way so moses is laying out for them once again hey God is to be your number one priority, your relationship with him, and then serving him is supposed to be second. And he's just in the midst of giving them this instruction so that they can then recommit themselves and kind of rededicate themselves to the covenant God had called them to. So that's what's going on here in Deuteronomy 26. So fast forward to us here today. What I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying to us here on January 1st, 2017, the start of the new year, is that the Lord is asking us as a church, to just recommit ourselves to the same two priorities for this year that we individually and, and as a collective body we would recommit ourselves to one putting our relationship with christ first and two that our second priority would be serving the gospel and that's what god is asking us to do today just to recommit ourselves to that to kind of recovenant ourselves to make those two things our top passions and priorities for 2017 And that's what I said earlier about making the goal and the resolution in terms of our faith. That's it. The goal and the resolution you can make for your faith is to just commit your heart to say, God, for this year, number one, my relationship with you is always going to come first. And number two, serving you and serving the gospel is going to be my second passion and priority above everything else. Now, I know that we all have a lot on our plate. We've all got a lot of responsibility. We've all got commitments and things like that. And I'm not saying those things are unimportant. I'm not saying those don't deserve your time and attention. They do. But above everything else in your life and everything else in my life, your faith has to come first. And your relationship with Jesus has got to be number one, and serving him is supposed to be number two. And then everything else finds its proper place from that. Now, for example, a lot of you are married. Your spouse is supposed to be the most important person in your life. but they need to come third behind these first-year priorities. Sorry to tell you that. Some of you wives are looking at me like, I wish my husband wasn't here. Um, just kidding. Some of y'all did give me a funny look. But seriously, you know, if you've got kids, your kids are unbelievably important. But they actually come second to your wife or your husband, and that comes third to your relationship with the Lord and serving him. You know, your job is important, but that's got to be down farther down on the list. Your other responsibilities, relationships, whatever, all that stuff is so important. But your relationship with Jesus and serving him, those are the need to be the top two priorities and passion of your life and mine. And God is just asking us for this year, let's recommit ourselves to that. Let's re-dedic- rededicate ourselves to this. You see, this is what Jesus modeled for us. When he was on the earth, Jesus modeled this type of life for us. For Jesus, his number one passion was intimacy with his father. That was the number one thing he was about, was about knowing the father. And the second thing Jesus was about was spreading the gospel, and that culminated with him going to the cross. But Jesus, those were his top two priorities, and we want to follow that model, follow that example, that these would be our top two passions and priorities, just like it was for Jesus. You know, and uh, I mentioned how the Israelites, they would kind of recommit themselves periodically to the covenant God had given them, and I just want to say, like, it's such a good spiritual practice and discipline to do this. You know, it's just a good thing to remind yourself to recommit your heart to the things God has called you to periodically. I'll give you an example from everyday life with marriage. I think it's a really cool thing when people who are married kind of recommit, redo their wedding vows. I think that's a great thing. In fact, I would say you should probably do that every year. That seemed like a good thing to do, but it's just important that you tell your spouse, hey, this is how I'm going to love you, this is how I'm going to serve you, and for them to tell you. And what's cool about with marriage is it's important, one, that your spouse hear how you're going to love them, but it's important, here's the other thing, it's important for you to hear you say it. It is so important that you know what you're committing to. And so when we recommit ourselves to the Lord in this way, God doesn't need to hear that, God, I'm recommitting to you. I need to hear it more than he does. Because I need to hear myself say, this is how I'm going to live. This is what I'm going to do. And so this whole idea of recommitting, it's not really for the Lord. It's like in prayer. God doesn't need to necessarily, he doesn't know what you need. He knows what you need. He's not unaware of what you're asking him. But it's important for us to hear what we're saying to the Lord. And just in the same way, we need to hear ourselves say, okay, God, I am putting you first this year. Above everything else, my relationship with you and serving you, I am verbalizing that and committing that to you and there's just power in that and we need to do it and the Israelites were really good about this and we want to follow that example that God and our relationship with him would be our top passion and priority and that serving him would come second and let me just say this just so there's no confusion Um, just to make this clear there is some overlap in the sense that I just want to be very clear, especially with married couples and raising kids. Those kind of spill into your ministry area. Just, I, I don't want to act like there's some big difference, like God, your relationship with Jesus, serving him, then your family. That is the hierarchy, but there is some overlap of that. You know, that I think your relationship with Jesus should be most manifested in your marriage, and that should be the best expression of it and with your kids. I just want to say there is a little bit of overlap. I hope that makes sense. I just didn't want to lead any confusion there, but we want to dedicate ourselves to the Lord this year. Now, I want to make this clear. I am not saying and accusing anybody. I don't want this to come across like, I know that most of you didn't really do a good job with your faith last year. That's not what I'm saying, okay? I'm not coming across like, or at least I hope that I'm not saying that, yeah, You didn't really do a good job. I know it. You know it. All right. I know a lot of you. I know that God is your passion and serving him is your second passion, and that's great. And I just want to say this is not an accusatory thing, but this is, yes, even if you had a great year in 2016 serving the Lord, that 2017, just to rededicate ourselves to that. Now, it could be for some of you, maybe God wasn't your top passion last year and serving him was not number two. That's okay. In the sense that I wish it had been, but it's okay in the sense that you can start today and do that for this year. And maybe you were somewhere in the middle. Maybe you're like, yeah, sometimes I was focused on the Lord like I should, and sometimes you weren't. Okay, wherever you are with this, today is the start of a new year. And whatever happened last year, good or bad, whether how committed or not committed you were to your faith in serving the Lord, you can start afresh this year. You know, the Bible says, His mercies are new every morning. And so you can start new today. And that's part of the reason I'm excited about the series we're starting next week called Fresh Start. We're talking about how to start over. But today, this service, this sermon, all that we're doing, we're focused on, okay, Lord, I want to commit myself, and we want to commit ourselves to these two things for this year. So here's what I want to do to help us do this. We are going to do a little so to speak, kind of time traveling. We're going to travel back to the year 1755 for a second, and 262 years. Now, we, Martha Bowman, United Methodist, we are, as I just said, a United Methodist Church. That's our denomination. We love our denomination. We love our history and our legacy. And our denomination was started by a guy named John Wesley. And John Wesley, in case you don't know, he was a British pastor and he was an amazing man of God, he led this great revival in England, where tens and tens and tens of thousands of people were saved. And that revival spread from England to America, and that's kind of where we pick up. So our church is a part of that and that legacy. And something that John Wesley and Methodists did early on, which I think is really cool, starting in 1755, Wesley started this um, this thing called it was called Wesley's Covenant Prayer. And Methodists would get together either on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, depending on the church they were in. They would get together, they would have a worship service, and they would specifically commit themselves to the Lord for that year, individually and collectively. They would come together and say, all right, Lord, we are committing, devoting ourselves to you for this year. And so I think it's pretty cool that for us as a church and the denomination that we kind of have this specific heritage where united methodists did this every year and what i want to read to you is this is a prayer that john wesley wrote that when methodists would get together at new year's they would pray this prayer and it was a prayer of commitment of dedicating themselves to the lord for that year to make their relationship with him their first priority to make serving him their second priority and this is in a little bit modern language john wesley was from england in the 1700s so he liked the words like thee and thou and you know, all those weird nouns that they used. So I took all those out, so forgive me. Um, But let me read you his prayer, and this is what Methodists would pray at New Year's. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing and put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Exalted for you. Or brought low for you. Let me be full, let me be empty, let me have all things, and let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven amen that's a really good prayer and that's a really powerful prayer and so what we want to do today is just in the spirit of this prayer we just want to spend some time and commit ourselves to the lord for this year that we are going to take a few minutes in prayer and worship just as a body say all right lord we're all in for this year we are all in for 2017." that your relationship with Christ would be your top priority and that serving him would be number two and that through the grace of God and the best of our ability, we would try to live that out starting today for the next 365 days. And so how we're going to do this is in just a couple of minutes, the band's going to come back up and we're going to have a closing song. And so during that song, I'm just going to invite you and encourage you, whatever it looks like for you, however you need to do it, just to spend some time in prayer and just to bring this before the Lord and for you to just commit yourself in your own heart. Um, what we're going to do is that prayer I just read, we're going to put it on the side screens if you want to pray it to yourself. We're not going to pray it as a body. This is an individual thing for you and for me to do. The altar is going to be open. You can come forward. Um, I would encourage you to do that. If you want to stay at your seat, that's totally fine. You can pray there. I think it would be really cool if for you if you are married or you have family, you want to bring them forward and just make this commitment together. But we just want to take a few minutes here at the start of 2017. It's not even 12 hours old yet, so we're right at the beginning of it. So we made it. Um, I was driving last night around near midnight, and people were having church, you know, their midnight services. And I was like, thank God we don't do that. Uh, I would not be good at that. Uh, Don't tell Tim I said that. Um, But we're almost 12 hours in, so we're we're still good. We're right at the beginning. But just to spend a couple minutes— Let's just, you in your own heart, commit yourself to the Lord for this year, and I'm going to do it too. Like I said, the altar will be open. You're welcome to come forward. You can stay at your seat. But we'll sing one more song, and during this song, just spend some time doing business with the Lord and commit yourself to the Lord for this year. And then after the song, you'll be dismissed and we'll be done. But I'm excited about 2017. I'm excited about this year for myself. I'm excited about it for our church, and I'm excited about it for you. You know, at the start of a new year, it's always kind of interesting to think about, we have no idea what's going to happen this year for each one of us. You know, this might be a great year for you, this might be a really hard year. And truthfully, it'll probably be a little bit of both. Every year has some good and some bad. Some years have great, just times of joy and celebration. And some years, you know, some years are awful i know this that god is good and he is worth my life and yours jesus gave us everything he had on the cross and we want to do the same this year for him so let's do that and the last thing i want to say is if you're here today and you're not a united methodist you are absolutely that's totally fine you're welcome at this altar. You're welcome to pray this prayer. We are not saying you've got to be one of us or you're out. Um, you know, for me, I was born into a Catholic family, raised in an Episcopal church that became an Anglican church, then I pastored a non denominational I've hit all the denominations, okay? We are totally good with wherever you are. As long as you love Jesus, you are welcome at this altar, and we invite you to pray this prayer. All right, let's pray.